Welcome to Spider-Verse Minute, the tri-weekly podcast where we watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse one minute at a time. I'm Caroline Slater. And I'm her brother Sean. And today we are talking about Minute 110. It starts with the additional voices credit and ends a minute later with imagery and animations credit. What did you title this minute? Let the names begin! Yes, this is the, the first <laughs> first chunk of big lists of names that we get. Yeah, I have, uh, just so our listeners know at home, I am going to be keeping a counter of how many times either my name or Sean's name appear in the credits. Uh, not our full names, just our first names. We didn't work on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I will also be counting any variations of our spellings that maybe we don't spell it that way, but it is a way to spell our names. And I'm giving myself some leeway, not so much with Sean, but I'll give myself some leeway because I have also gotten other names such as Carolyn. So Carolyn will also be counted for my name. <laughs> Sean's just getting Sean. <laughs> do you have any real notes, Sean? <laughs> yeah, I actually do have a couple of real notes for this, uh, from this minute. I'm glad one of us does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of the, the first things I, I wanted to point out was just um, two jobs that I... One job that I didn't really know what it did, so I looked it up to find out, and then the other one that I thought was just an interesting job for, for this particular project the the first one is the 3d stereoscopic supervisors um and just mm -hmm. the really the the 3d stereoscopic bit was what i wasn't sure about um and they're the ones that just make the movie help make the movie 3d oh <laughs> like for releases in like 3d theaters and and stuff like that oh so they specialize in like you know how, how to make sure that um that, like colors don't contrast like different ways colors can contrast i guess ca can cause um difficulty with that uh mm. and stuff like that so they they help out with that oh, that's i'm kind of curious to like know how hard that is to do yeah compared to other just like a regular um like animation supervisor uh the other job that i just thought um was interesting that they had uh, and partly just the the sheer amount that they had for it uh mm -hmm. was that they had five comic book artists <laughs> um, <laughs> and part of me thinks that this might be just like them crediting people for real covers that they used maybe mm -hmm. because like w one of them is Sarah Pacelli who did art for Miles's original run and so I'm wondering if just like some of the interiors that they had of him um, could possibly be that and they have the some of the other people such as um so uh they have uh jason latour rico renzi and uh robbie rodriguez are three of the other ones um and they worked on the spider gwen series but like jason latour was the uh, writer for hers so i'm not sure if if they were redoing work in the movie or if it's just because they used like covers and images from their stuff, they had to go in and get credit mm -hmm. credited. Um, and then the last name they have on the list is Marcello uh, Vignali or Marcello. Not exactly sure. Sorry, Mr. M uh, Vignali. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, sir. <laughs> I know he was the one uh, we had talked about it briefly when we saw it, but he was the one that did the actual like, uh, a good chunk of the made-up interiors and covers mm -hmm. um and so like when miles was reading the what if comics and like the the modified uh covers from the classic spider-man series he was the one that that did the work on those 
So I'm not sure if the other four also did work including it. Um, I know Sarah Pacelli was uh, attributed for the alternative Miles cover that they did, um, the Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 1 cover. Um, I, I know they like that's attributed to her because she did the original cover, and so I think they brought her in for this alternate one where they just stuck this version of Miles on the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what the other three three people did. But I just saw that and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense that they have <laughs> they have that in this movie. <laughs> it does. It does. Especially with how many comics we see both used as a form of backstory and not. <laughs> yeah. It's also kind of interesting that like they didn't have and maybe the some of them acted as that, but they didn't have like consultants, maybe. Yeah. And, and they it might have just been like some of the higher ups were the consultants on that like oh this is how you do this and this maybe but there's that and then this is also uh, like i had said the beginning or like you had said is the beginning of the real the not the real credits but the long credits and so we get there's about four groups of of people working in this that um that we see in this part and four like big groups of people not just the like oh this is the you know department head and whatnot but um mm-hmm. this is the like the grunts doing the work here and the first thing you mentioned the additional voices do you want to take a guess how many there were uh no i don't want to take a guess <laughs> <laughs> they had 18 voice actors doing uh additional voices for <laughs> for this movie which is a little bit surprising maybe yeah I don't know. I feel like that number's both high and low at the same time. It it feels weird because I'm trying to think of like all the additional voices that would like yeah. be needed and I can only think of like a few things and even then I'm like like it's probably a lot of just the background characters. I think a lot of it is more of like background crowd scenes like the first thing that came yeah. to mind was like Miles at school, um a few of the interview scenes, things like that. Yeah. And then the the next group we get are the story artists, mm-hmm. and here we have, we have seventeen story artists working on the on the project. They do the work, like a lot of pre production work, kind of, and get things pre- uh, prepped and make sure things start to flow. And then we move into the character designers, uh, where we have nine of them, and they're the ones that design the characters <laughs> what i know shocking but they take the work from like the story artists and further develop those and start uh fleshing them out as like models a bit more and then those nine character designers pass their work off to the 33 people in the visual department who do a lot more of the visual works and background stuff and all the visual other visual stuff you see mm-hmm. I also like in credits how they kind of go through that, like, the progress is it, it, it's like, kind of who worked on the project first to last. Yeah, that is pretty neat. (laughs) It's always interesting. Sometimes I remember when I was younger, I would watch credits and be like, how did they organize who got their names where? (laughs) Like, because this is not alphabetical order. (laughs) (laughs) This makes a lot more sense. (laughs) Was there anything you wanted to uh, touch on? left in the minute or should i talk about some box office numbers uh i don't really have anything else to add for the minute just that neither of our names or any variations of our names were in the credits for this minute 
Yeah. That is all I have. <laughs> so let's talk about box office. Yeah, so just, I like numbers. Numbers are fun and stats and whatnot, as you can tell, because I just listed off <laughs> the, the number of people working in different roles. Um, but uh, usually people like these numbers a bit more. Uh, so this movie premiered December 14th, 2018. And it was, um, of the 2018 releases, it was 24th globally of the year. And I believe that includes its full run and not just its run for 2018, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just some like subcategories it can be placed into. It was the number four Sony movie of the year, beaten out by uh, Venom, Jumanji, and Hotel Trans- Transylvania 3. And it was the number five animated movie of the year, being beaten out by Incredibles 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Again, Hotel Transylvania 3 and The Grinch, which The Grinch kind of surprised me and Hotel Transylvania kind of surprised me, but everything else makes sense. Yeah, Grinch I'm a little surprised by, but also not just because Illumination tends to bring in a lot of families and How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a very recognizable property and like a lot of people like it. Yeah, and its opening weekend, it was number one um, with 48 million, just over, beating out uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet and The Grinch from their previous, they had opened earlier in the year, so this one came in and and slotted in above those, and then it lasted 112 days in the theater. I don't know if in the theaters, I don't know if that's long or not. <laughs> I'm not really sure either. I'm not that familiar with how long movies typically stay. I know when it's short, it's bad. Like, I've I've heard, like, uh, first thing I can think of is Gem and the Holograms movie. It was only in theaters for, like, two weeks. Yeah. And everyone's like, wow, no one's seeing this movie. <laughs> but in terms of how long it's in theaters, I don't know what's good. I felt like it was in theaters for a long time, though. Yeah. There was this really weird bump in the middle of March um, where it had, like, um, more than doubled its, like, previous week's gross income. And I was just like, why why is this happening? And then I realized uh, a lot of the awards had come out. And so that was when, like, everyone was like, oh, this movie just won a bajillion and a half awards. So many awards. Let's go see what the hype's about. And they had also, um, like, the number of theaters it was in quadrupled. And so that, that happens <laughs> when, when you have a bunch of theaters. But they only did that for the week, and then they dropped it back down. It was just, it was really interesting, because, like, I, I don't really pay attention to these numbers at all, ever. Yeah. And it was just, like, yeah, interesting to, to just look at those numbers. And, I mean, they're, they're probably rather normal numbers. Like, there's prob- that, that probably happens to a lot of big movies. I had never seen those before. Same, like I am, I'm familiar with certain things about movies. The business number side of it, not so much. No, not as familiar. So to me, that's like that seems insane. But I'm also like that might be totally normal. <laughs> yeah, that was all I had for the box office numbers. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up? We are a family of nerds, so the numbers are always interesting to look at. <laughs> um. And especially with this movie, because, like I said earlier, animated superhero movies especially are kind of in a weird place uh, in the sort of sphere of movies, I guess. 
I don't really know how else to break it down where like people associate superhero movies with a certain age and then they associate animated movies with a certain age and then you put superhero animated movie together and then that's like a different age so the numbers are really interesting to look at for me because it's like I know what some people thought before they saw the movie they were like well it's for this or this like it can't be that good and then all the stuff happened people saw and they're like oh it's that good <laughs> yeah Thank you for joining us today. Join us on Friday for Minute 111, where we continue to see some of the credits. Thanks for listening. Bye.